As Shakira sang, our hips don't lie. And I've ground everything to a halt. Wow. The gospel according to Shakira. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, I don't sorry. understand what that has to do with I, the other. I got, yeah. I got nothing to that one. Pub Theology episode 169 um, of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverend Shannon Meacham, Olgan Holder, and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Today in our third chair, we welcome Rabbi Eli Freeman. Eli's major area of work at Rodef Shalom includes social justice initiatives, adult education, and working with young adults and young families. He, his wife Laurel, and their two daughters, Josephine and Nora, live in the wonderful Kensington neighborhood of Philadelphia, where they used to enjoy dining out live music. And you can still enjoy home brewing, but I don't know how much you've gotten done in the last few months, July. Yeah, no, mostly homeschooling. <laughs> exactly. You, know, you should you should be Where making that. Where you do that, not uh, enjoy homeschooling. <laughs> you should be making that a uh, COVID special edition, limited edition home home brew, man. Right. Got to get Maybe. back into it. Got to get back into it. Uh, you can show your love for Pop Theology Live by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to some extra interviews uh, before and after the show banter. Visit patreon.com slash bblife to get started. As always, big shout out and thank you to our current patrons. If you would like one of our fancy pub theology tumblers, does anyone have one for show and tell? There we go. Thank you, Shannon. You're welcome. All right. Uh, if you want one of those, those tumblers, um, simply donate $25 or more to nokidhungry.org. They're an organization that helps to provide meals to families across the nation. Um, and as we know, that's been needed more than ever in the last few months. So donate $25 or more to, de- to them. Uh, DM us a uh, picture of your donation, proof of donation receipt, along with your address, and we will ship you a Pub Theology Tumblr. And we are finally living up to the live of Facebook Live. Um, we are now going to be live streaming our show as we record it on Facebook Live. Typically Tuesdays around 5-ish, 5.30-ish. You know, somewhere in that hour. We'll figure it somewhere out. Somewhere around there. Find us on Tuesdays. Somewhere around there. <laughs> yeah, find us on Tuesdays. Uh, happy hour-ish time. Um, so 5-ish Eastern time and you can always join in on Twitter um, on Facebook Instagram YouTube using the hashtag PT Live I guess if we are live streaming and people are watching we can respond in real time hopefully um, I'll be on that I'll be on that a lot of technology there but we can try so a lot of multitasking that none of us are really equipped for right Um, so today's episode is tech people (laughs) today's episode is going to be our soft 
Or we're trying it out, so soft launch. So yeah. don't expect. So listen, so. let us know if you like the idea. Like if you're watching. No, 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 no. We're not, not leaving it up to them. We're okay. not leaving it up to them. Well, no, no. Fine. Because what do we do if some people are like, yeah, we love it, and others like, yeah, not so much. Then what do we do? We're we got to make that call. Okay, it's not democracy. Just something you say. You don't actually want feedback. I just you just say things like that. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, sorry. I see where you're going. Okay. <laughs> You just say things like, we'd love to hear from you. We don't actually want to hear from you. We just love to. In case any of my congregation is watching in, when I say, <laughs> I'd love to hear from you, I mean it. I don't know about that one. She can speak for herself. <laughs> I, this is not my congregation right now. Pub <laughs> <laughs> theology people do not pay me, so it's fine. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. All right. All right, today we discuss riding a bike, um, naivete, and emotional bypassing. I, I, I feel like oh, there's naivete. A... I totally read that as nativity. And I was just hey. like, wait, isn't that like Christmas, nativity? See, I think we're a few months off from that. I mean, I am planning. <laughs> naivete makes much more sense. This naivete. It's never too early, one. And two, if you're literally going to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. There is a level of naivete involved too. So, well, you know. That's a whole nother show for another time. In December, we'll talk about that. Um, I think this is more like ostrich, bury your head in the sand, naivete. <laughs> um, so what are we drinking? Eli, as our, as our special guest, what are you drinking today? Sure. I am uh, a, a great beer, beer with a mission. Um, this is one of my new favorite breweries, Triple Bottom Brewing uh, here in Philadelphia. And uh, I don't know if people have heard that term before, but like the idea of a triple bottom line, um, if you've ever heard of like a B Corp, um, companies that, you know, for-profit companies that are really thinking about sort of their, their impact on this world. So they often oh, talk nice. about a triple bottom line of a people, planet, and profit. So meaning you still have that profit there, but the other two people and planet. And so this is a, an amazing um, uh, brewery that does a lot to get back to the community. They hire, a big part is hiring folks um, that are maybe uh, recently released from prison or folks with developmental disabilities, other things. Um, they're just all around awesome. And this is their uh, session IPA. So pretty excited. Awesome. Ogan, what you got? Um, I happen to be in Maryland right now, so I am going Maryland. local Maryland. This is from the Silver Branch Brewing Company, Colesville Road in Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, uh, is uh, Lazy Days American Wheat Ale. From mm, that Branch sounds good. Brewing. I like Lazy, lazy days. days. Let every day be a lazy day. So since it is officially fall and October this week, I am on to pumpkin beers. So I have a dogfish head pumpkin ale, which I shall be enjoying during our episode. Wasted no time getting into the pumpkin stuff, huh? Well, you know, it only- You can be all into the pumpkin lattes. See, by November, I, by November, I'm kind of done with pumpkin, like even though it goes on. So October is like my one month, you know. We went, we went apple picking the other day and the pumpkin patches were already out there. So we couldn't, we couldn't resist. So we're already like, we, we dove right in head first. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. This is one of my, the dogfish head's one of my favorites. A couple years ago, they had a off year with it, but they're back. They're back to the good, the good stuff. Um, so yeah, it's good. 
All right. So this is a weird question. Um, so I'm going to read it and then we can kind of just talk about it. <laughs> what have you not done or not tried in a while that you imagine you would come back to just like riding a bike? Have you picked up a new hobby during the pandemic? I feel like those are two different questions, but like, there you go. So, um, I, I know for me, I had great lofty intentions of um, revisiting my guitars. Right. Um, both, both my six string acoustic and my bass. And um, there was a great discount on like a Udemy course, 25 bucks for a full fledged like bass instruction course. And, you know, my knowledge of the bass is like, very very basic okay you know i could hold down the root note but don't ask me to do anything past well that. then you've got the bass down you're good there you go i got the basics of the bass so i was like you know what i'm, I'm pandemic i'm gonna be like i'm gonna like download this course i'm gonna get my bass chops up i'm gonna come out of this pandemic you know got the skills to sit in with my church band on bass and while everybody i think i made it past i think i got to lesson two about four months ago, and that's been about it. That's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's as far as far as I got. Um, yeah. And and I think I am no more proficient than I started on on the bass. But the parts that I did know before I started, they were still there. Just nothing. Just nothing new has been added. Like riding a bike. There you riding go. It's like funny, Oak, and similarly, I also, uh, I, I decided to, to try a little instrument as well. And I, um, I, we, we've, we have a, a piano, a little upright piano in our house that came with it when we moved in and um, just sat there. And I was like, oh, I'll just learn how to play piano. It's really hard to learn to play piano. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, I'll just totally pick it up. <laughs> well, the last instrument I did was a ukulele after playing guitar for years. And that was surprisingly easy. Sure. Yeah. Um, Piano, a little bit harder, but, but I've learned a few of the basic chords and been having a little fun with it. I did not do any formal lessons. Um, so I, I, I don't know if that means I made it further than you, Ogan, or not as far. But I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to say Interestingly enough, so I also have an electric keyboard. I've been playing piano since I was eight. So I've got an electric keyboard that sat in, in my office, and I barely touched it. But then when we were selling our church building, we got a couple acoustic pianos, and they said, I'll take one. And I moved the acoustic piano, the little upright studio, uh, into my apartment. And I've been playing it, like, almost every day. And yeah. I'm, I'm hauling out, like, some of the old, like, classical pieces I played back in college. And a lot of the muscle memory is still there. And I think, uh, back to that riding a bike, because there's uh, more instantaneous success for me um, and, and instantaneous gratification, um, unlike most other things during COVID, um, I feel like I can do a lot more playing. So the piano playing has been coming along splendidly. The bass, not so much. Not so so much I'm going to, I'm going to claim that small victory and not, not, not cry a lot of spilt beer over it. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, even as we're talking, I'm like, I have done nothing. Like I have not picked up. I mean, I, so at the beginning I actually would make myself sit down and play piano or I would make myself sit down and sing because that, um, because I, it was more of like a spiritual practice. It wasn't like to learn the instrument though. Right. Like I would, mm -hmm. I would make myself do it because I knew that that I was feeling a drift and that would be the thing that would connect me. And it was like 
praying, right, for me. Um, but it, it wasn't about technique or, you know, me developing that skill. And I did, I, I will admit, so I ordered a paint by numbers thing, like yes. the big canvas thing. Um, and I was like, I had always wanted to do that and I'm going to totally do it. And I was like, I, I mean, I maybe have like an eighth. You got to number four. I was like, I'm out. Numbers. This is, this is stupid. Twenty seven <laughs> numbers in the painting and she got the four. Well, and I was like, what am I going to do with it when I'm done? Like, it's just, just whatever. So it's still Boy. upstairs. Um, listen, listen, you guys who are parents with younger kids, I don't know like, why you thought you were going to do anything extra during this time. Seriously. I mean, you know, actually I will say this. So, um, I go to this yoga studio when we are able to do that and blah, blah, blah. And I haven't been in a long time because we, long story short, but it was better for our family to join as a family, join a gym and for mm -hmm. me to let go of my, like the gym for our entire family per month was like half of what my yoga studio was a month. So it just made more sense. So I haven't been in a really long time, but during all of this, there's an online video that we do. And, um, Derek has been doing it with me and it's, it's hot yoga. So he would never go to the studio with me cause it's 105 degrees in the room. And he's like, nice. that is not exercise. That is torture. And you I'm not this going. video with the air con cranked all the way down to like 68. He's like, in heaven. so we do the video in the middle, like wait until winter, oh. he'll open all the windows and whatever. But it really is. It's a, it's interesting. Cause it's, it's Bikram yoga and it's the same 26 poses every time. And it mm. really was, it, it's one of those things like and people say this about yoga or exercise or anything. Like once you feel it, you know, like you can feel, you can feel the, the right posture. Like, um, you know, when you're there, you know, when you're there. Right. And like, they'll describe it and they're like, feel like somebody's pulling you up by a string and blah, blah. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about? And then suddenly you like, you're like, Oh, that's what, like, that's exactly how you would string. describe that feeling. <laughs> I found the string. So I, so as we've been doing this, I was like, I really, and I also can, I can feel that I'm not as flexible, that I'm not, cause I haven't been doing it in a while, yeah. but I also know the pose and like, I'm helping him with the pose. It's just really, it's really interesting. So it's a really, it's a kind of a nice thing to do. do the um, kids get into it as well. Have they done any yoga with you? We've only done it. We haven't done it with them yet. Um, I, I actually think that's actually something I've thought about a lot because we've got to start doing something as it gets to be colder. You know, um, and honestly, like, I mean, they, we're not, we're still not allowing them on playgrounds. So like they haven't, we've gone for lots of hikes and walks, but like they haven't really played, you know, and anyway, getting in your body is really important right now, especially with the anxiety. So yeah. um, I, I actually think I've been thinking about that a lot. I think it's a good idea. As a All person right. who just naturally sweats a lot, the, when I first time I did Bikram yoga, it was like I'm I'm trying to I'm tr trying to do downward dog on a slip and slide. It was <laughs> it was it was not pretty. But this is what <laughs> no I love about it. Okay, so at all. I don't. I've said this before on the show. I don't love meditative yoga because I'm too much in my like I think too quickly, and so we just like sit there in silence and I'm like like in my head. But in Bikram, it's so freaking hot. Yeah. But it's like concentrate on your breath and you're like, no problem. 
Cause you're like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> Tell my kids I love them. <laughs> Tell my husband I, I you really I enjoyed our time together. <laughs> I didn't know the soles of my feet had sweat glands till Bikram yoga. Oh my God. I did not know how many muscles were in my feet until Bikram yoga. That was but anyway. Um, okay. Frydor Dusseldorf, what, whatever his name is. <laughs> What's his name? Somebody pronounce Dost, it. Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. Fyodor Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. You nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. I still don't. I have read this book and I still don't know how to say the name. The Brothers. Karamazov. Oh, Maybe. It's, good, it's a good thing we have Hello, a Russia. Show. <laughs> my ancestors were from there so you know see you know see yeah. if you butchered it's fine um here's the quote as a general rule people even the wicked are much um are much more naive and simple-hearted than we suppose and we ourselves are too discuss this assessment of humanity um i think more and more that just applies to the United States of America. Naive and simple-hearted. Simple-hearted is a tough one for me. Oh, simple-hearted. Uh, I'm sorry, I thought it said simple-headed. My fault, I, mis <laughs> I misread that. Yeah, I, I kind of see these as, as slightly different, I guess. I think there's yeah. a nuance in there because naive, I kind of see a little bit as a negative. Um, whereas, whereas like simple-hearted or um, you know, even the wicked, if you would say even the wicked are more simple hearted than we suppose, to me, that feels more positive. And I guess I could kind of go different so, directions with. Yeah, like for me to be simple hearted is uh, an idea that like we all have basic needs, right? We all need to be loved. We all need to not not just like food, shelter, clothing, but like simple hearted is like we need someone who loves us. We need um, to be known, we need to be understood. We need like these are the simple things of the heart that are universal. Mm. That, that's, that's, not how, that's not that's how not you how read, read it. it. No, no, I think simple-hearted. I read it as trusting, naive and trusting. Naive and trusting. Yeah, overly um, trusting. Yeah, overly trusting. Right, naive okay. and overly trusting. Like we will just believe what we're told. Um, we be we be sheeple. Um, we're sheeple. Lemons. Yeah um and um and even the wicked so what it i think that even the wicked implies that um folks we deem as wicked aren't intentionally conniving they're they're also just overly believing like anybody else they may not be intentionally have malice on their hearts but maybe they're just overly believing uh, they read that story uh, that, that the russians put on facebook and they thought it was true Right, that like, like oh, this exactly. wasn't bots, or they weren't involved in the election. Exactly, you yeah. know, when I see some folks at, at rallies for certain parties wearing shirts that say, I'd rather be Russian than Democrat, like that's, that's, I don't believe those people have intentional malice in their hearts. I think they're just simple-hearted, overly believing and trusting, you know, and yeah. You know, Derek and I were having this discussion the other day about, um, you know, difficult church people, difficult like people in our congregations and how one of the hardest things about it is it's not malicious. Yep. And so you like, it's, it's not like you can go to them and be like, you are blah, 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 blah. Like they're actually 
doing really destructive behaviors, but from these like really kind of good like places because they well, love this congregation. They think like, they're doing it from a good place. <laughs> well, right. But like, it's but it's am. causing, you know, it's not but, the right. best behavior. It's not, but it's not malicious. No, it's, it's not malicious. It's, it's, yeah. it's classic projection 101. Right. But so, it, but, but it's that, hard. But, it's, it's a yeah. hard, I find it's even harder to deal with that kind of situation. Absolutely. Because you can't call it right. Like this is like, it's why um, overt racism is easier than covert racism, right? Yes. Like it's cause you can just call the truth out. You can yeah. speak the truth to love and say you hypocrite, blah, 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 blah. But when it's so covert, when it's not malicious, when it's not, you're like, I don't know how to even speak to you. It you requires know? a so, lot more work on our, on our part yeah. actually. It, it, it does. I'm doing it easier to just say, you know, oh, they're wicked, they're mean, they're, ne they're a horrible person, right? But, yeah. but when it's, no, actually, this is more out of naivete, it puts more onus on us, I think. And also uh, a sort of um, refusal to realize that, that we're, being, we're being triggered to look at our own issues. I'm doing a book series right now on uh, Gary Zukov, the guy who wrote Seed of the Soul and Dancing Wooly Masters. He's got a book called Spiritual Partnerships. And the whole premise of the book is that whenever we feel anger or impatience or any of these quote unquote negative emotions, it's because a frightened part of us got triggered. And, and our human or, or normal human tendency is when we get triggered in that way, do whatever we can to stop the outside circumstance that's been triggering us and change that and manipulate that instead of realizing, oh, look, it's an opportunity for us to look at that frightened part that got triggered and go, like, what do I need to do to heal that? What do I need to do to turn that around with, within me? And he has this great quote that says, like, happiness is dependent on changing outside circumstances and people. Joy is dependent on changing ourselves. Oof. So are you after happiness or are you after joy? Mm. I love like, that. Oh, that's deep. What was, so, the, what was the yeah, book? Watch that talk. It's called Spiritual Partnership: The Journey to Authentic Power. And if you want to watch a great talk series, go to Unity on the River's YouTube channel. <laughs> a great talk series. Great talk. Great. No, talk no series. plug there at all. <laughs> no, none at all. Just a frame of reference. But it's it's a it it's a really good book, and it's 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 good for all relationships, whether it's, it's a, yeah. you know, romantic relationship, family relationships, work relationships, church relationships, especially because church, church is one of these weird places where everything we need to work on internally shows up <laughs> in church, but we don't always realize that that's what's happening. Right. So I, um, this next question, I, this is actually um, really interesting to me. And I've been having a lot of conversations about this recently. So here we go. Emotional bypassing. So emotional bypassing is the process of ignoring difficult feelings. Oh, again, this is just what you were just saying. Mm -hmm. And situations by not allowing yourself to cry, scream, or get angry towards it. And choosing not to talk about it. Instead, you let your mind and body focus on the things that make you happy. Discuss when this seems appropriate and when this can create problems. How might this also happen spiritually? Compare and contrast with Rumi's words, 
these pains you feel are messengers. Listen to them. Mm -hmm. So I want to I break this up a little bit. So have you ever heard the term emotional bypassing before as a, as a thing? Yeah. This is the um, first I've heard of it. Uh, uh, yeah. Along with spiritual bypassing. Hmm. Was so I've like, never, had a, I've never heard a term put to it, but we certainly know yeah. the act. You know, we know the act, but I've never actually yeah, heard right. the term. Yeah, I think I, I also hadn't heard the term, but the idea, and I think, I mean, it's so relevant right now, during this pandemic and yes. quarantine and all of that, that, that I think, you know, I felt like normally I am one to encourage people to deal with their emotions, to talk about things, to work through everything. Um, I think there are some times where we just need to like say, you know what, let's just put it, put it aside for now. Like mm -hmm. come back to it. At, at oh, absolutely. Like, but like, there's just too much right now and it's too heavy. And, and I think it's okay to bypass sometimes. So this reminded me, so I'm reading um, Brene Brown's new book, Dare to Lead, which um, her last several books have been, they like basically since Daring Greatly has been like a fleshing out of different parts of Daring Greatly, which like I'm all for because that book was so dense and so full and she's got new research and stuff, but I was reading it and, and she reminded me of, um, I don't know if you guys have read this book, by Jim Collins called Good to Great came out years ago. Yep. Um, which uh, it came out like right when I'd started ministry and I read it and I argued a lot with it, but he was like spot on with a lot of stuff. Um, but she, she reads this section of the book where he Collins interviews, um, this, this man, um, um, Stockdale, I don't remember his first name, but he was a prisoner of war in Vietnam and for like eight years. And he, um, he was tortured and he helped, he was with all these other prisoners that they were helping to survive. And in the interview, Colin asks him like, who did not make it out? And like the reply was like, the optimists, the optimists did not make it. And he's like, okay, please explain. <laughs> And the explanation is that, and, and here's, I wanted to quote it, like I pulled up the quote, um, that um, Stockdale explained the optimists would believe they would be out by Christmas and then Christmas would come and go. And then they believed they'd be out by Easter and that date would come and go. And the years would tick by like that. And he explained they died of a broken heart. And so this is the quote that I, that I love that I feel implies. This is a very important lesson. You must never refuse, confuse faith that all will prevail in the end, that you will prevail in the end, which we can never afford to lose with the discipline to confront the most brutal, brutal facts of your reality, whatever they might be. Hmm. And yep. so like I thought about this as we talk about emotional bypassing, right? Like, like you just said, I, Eli, there's, there's times like I need to go make dinner and sit with my family and I need to get my shit together. Like I need to pull this up. But if I don't come back to those feelings, yeah. that's detrimental, right? Yeah. That's, that's the problem. Bypassing that's, isn't the right word. It's more uh, emotional backburnering <laughs> for a little bit. You know? You're talking about postponing because sometimes, sometimes right now is not the right time. Right. Like I can't deal with this right now. Too, there's too much going on. There's too many stresses, whatever right. it is. Yeah. 
but but emotional bypassing is the like this i'm throwing this out this isn't app like i'm not doing it i'm not dealing with it yeah and to the point i made earlier focusing on the things um that, that make you happy it's 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 again the the outside circumstances that we believe that's causing our emotional distress um and it and, and it never really is the things outside of us um because you know we'll as as we grow and we evolve the thing that totally stresses us out five years ago 10 years ago 20 years ago doesn't have that same effect on us now where you have two people who are in exactly the same circumstances and they and they respond differently um because of their internal makeup then you know who, who they are on the on the inside um and I think we, we, we've really been seeing this with all the, the, pro, the social justice and racial justice protests yeah. in this past year. You know, everything before then, it's been much of, of white America going like, we're just not going to even believe that this is a real thing that's happening. You know, and that's, and that's, not, that's not new. I mean, like the civil rights movement in the South in the 60s did not really gain any momentum in the rest of America till they saw the video of the fire hoses on the kids and that sort of stuff. And they were appalled and, and that really propelled things. And here we are again seeing, you know, it's, what was it Will Smith that said, like, um, this isn't new, it's just being recorded for the first time. Right. You know, so, so when, so, so I think, I think the, we can't not focus on it now. We can't, we can't pretend we don't see it or that it's not happening. And unfortunately now, this points us towards difficult conversations that again, many of us would like to emotionally bypass and, and not have and pretend it's I mean, not there. It certainly sounds appealing. Like, let's not lie about that, right? <laughs> it sounds appealing. If I was able to do that, like that sounds amazing. Like I'm okay. I have all these feelings. Yeah. I'm just, nope. I'm just gonna go around those like that. It also sounds like an unlived life, if that makes sense. Right. right? And it, and it never works. Cause to your point, long-term, if you don't, if you don't deal with the feelings, if you don't really process they're, them, they're, they're coming out, they're coming out. One they're coming out. Exactly. Like exactly. And often at the most awkward and appropriate times, that's yeah. never happened to me before. No, I mean, me neither, I, never. And not during these past six months at all. Oh, sure. Never. I've <laughs> totally not randomly and completely inappropriately overreacted to nothing, you know. <laughs> like, I think that's part of it. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like our house is so full of naming feelings all day, every day. Uh-huh. And it's like, I Ooh. really wish I could stop doing this, but like, I have all the feelings and like, I need to speak them out loud so they don't have too much power over me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, can we just be done? Can we just It's not? very easy to emotionally bypass when you live alone. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of it. Like Eli, I don't know about, I don't know about you and, and um, your wife's relationship, but like, Derek and I cannot hide from one another, right? Like if there's something going on, like there's no hiding it, no matter how good of a job you're doing of covering it all up or, you know, you think you're doing. Um, um, I, am, I am so with you and now it's, it's hard and just the, the pandemic has made it even, even more difficult. You know, when you're 
with someone 24 seven, there's no break. There's all these added stresses going on. You know, it's often not the other person, but it's everything else going on. Um, but it's, yeah, no, it's a very real. And I imagine there are a lot of, a lot of couples, a lot of families that are dealing with this and trying to find that balance of how do we, how do we live together while, you know, expressing those emotions, communicating properly, you know, telling, telling our partners our needs in those moments, but also not literally talking about our feelings 24 seven all day long. Cause it's exhausting. Like also we need a break, right? Time out. Like, yeah. You know, we took a break um, a week ago, Friday, right? We were like, it's break night. You know, we're, we're going to sit outside. We're going to listen to music. We're going to relax. We're going to talk about everything but, right? Which it wasn't necessarily an emotional bypass, but it was a like, everything needs to, like, we need a night of just whatever. And then like a couple hours in, we're having a great time and our phones blow up that, you know, RBG died and we were like, and it was like, we were having a night. <laughs> like, that's why, you make, that's yeah. why you make four o'clock the feelings hour and five o'clock the happy hour to <laughs> move on by the feelings. Oh, uh, I wish, I wish it was that easy to compartmentalize. <laughs> so when you said that like spiritual bypassing is also a thing. So can you yeah. explain, I mean, I get the idea, but can you explain that idea so, behind so, that? So this idea, when we when we use theology to avoid mm. the difficult conversations, like you know, all of this isn't going to matter because you know someday we can all die and be in heaven with Jesus. Or, or if you're more like New Thought, like my tradition, you know, it's more like this is all in what we call divine order. This is all what was meant to happen. So therefore, we can just like meditate and not engage not have the difficult conversations not be that force of change um this this is this is inevitable so so that's that's what i mean by spiritual bypass and using using the teachings from our particular faiths and traditions as excuses or rationales for not engaging for not being the change this feels very like everything happens for a reason yeah yeah, exactly it feels very like I, I'm going to stop my feelings. I'm going to stop feeling bad because everything happens for a reason. This is Um, all preordained by God and God's in control. So we don't got to do nothing about it. Right. But we do need to process our feelings about it. (laughs) And not, and not only, and not only that, but I mean, like God is, God is manifesting through and as us. It's not like, you know, so, so if we want peace and love in the world, because those right. are, you know, spiritual divine qualities and essences, then we, we've got to be the ones that enact that. How does God feed the poor when we feed the poor? Right, exactly. You know, so, remember so after, avoiding um, it and... Pre- Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I remember after um, the shootings in Newtown years ago, the, um, it was a, a, a pastor, a Christian pastor, I imagine evangelical, who was part of this, like, memorial service that was broadcast. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but... He started, he said this one line and it like, it triggered me. And I was like screaming at TV and it was something along the lines of, oh, these children are home with God now. Oh, right. I was just like, yeah. I mean, I dropped F-bombs. I was, I was like, no, that's not their home. That's not, a, and that to me, Ogan, when you were talking about that was like the epitome of spiritual bypassing. Yep. It completely yes. like did not allow these families to mourn properly. It didn't allow the, 
the nation that was watching this to mourn properly. And it, it, it bypassed us. It jumped us immediately to like reconciliation with God. And it's, it's, it's not that easy. It takes a long time to get there and it should take a long time to get there. Well, and, and, I was, it, and it almost, almost insinuates that because they're in a quote unquote better place, right. that what happened wasn't so horrible. And that and, your, your grief isn't as, shouldn't yeah. be as deep because they're better off without you. Like, whoa, that's yeah. a whole, like, no, 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 I'm their mama. Like, I'm, uh-uh. Like, there's and, no and, place yeah. better off than with me. And, and I think I get the intention may have been to offer comfort, but of that's not... For me, but I don't know that that's it. ever really a comfort. You know what I mean? Like it's no, it's not a comfort. And again, this goes back to the malice. Like that wasn't with malintent. Mm-mm. It just, but that's not. Ugh. Like it's hard. It's very. You know, I had I had a friend years ago that, um, she she had very difficult. Um, she had a stillbirth. She had five miscarriages. She then had two live healthy babies. And then she had another, she had a baby that died after a couple hours, like, and um, we just, and I'd known her this whole time and we would talk and I mean, it devastating, right? I mean, I mean, just devastating. And between one of the miscarriages, she said, she said, I don't understand, right? I don't understand. I I just want to have a baby. Like, I'm not trying to murder people. I'm not trying to rob banks. I'm not, why is my my plan for my life, not in line with God's plan. Right. And that's somebody had cut her off, like at some point saying, well, it's just not God's plan. And she's like, but why isn't it? Like, what's, what's the harm? Like this plan isn't a bad one. Isn't this what we're here for and the purpose? And so, you know, in that way, I mean, she was able to, she still works through that regularly, Mm -hmm. but she, you know, like somebody's trying to cut that off. Yeah. And I think we do that so often because whether, even if you're dealing with all of this appropriately and correctly, like we're uncomfortable, you've made me uncomfortable. So I'm going to try to cut off. I'm going to, I'm going to try to make you spiritually bypass. <laughs> Renee, Br- yeah. Renee Brown has a really good video. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like an animation with like a little deer and a fox on sympathy and empathy. Mm. And she talks a lot about this. And, and again, it's not out of harm that we're trying to, to bypass spiritually or emotionally with people. Oftentimes it's coming from a place of we're trying to comfort them, but people do it in the wrong way. Like the miscarriage, I, I, I wasn't sure if this is where you were going, Shannon, but the number of times I've heard people say, oh, but you have two healthy kids. What right. a wonderful blessing. That is totally that bypassing. And yeah. it's so not and helpful. But the person's coming, they're coming from a good place. They're trying to help, but they just right. don't realize. And for anybody listening, she has talked about this publicly. So I'm not giving out anything that doesn't, you know, already know. But but no, exactly. That's, the, um, or, or let's go this route, right? Now she does have two healthy girls that are teenagers and like part of the conversation is, well, I'm not allowed to feel overwhelmed because I should just be so grateful. And like, I should just be so grateful that I have the, and you're like, come on, you are a parent just like any other person. And you are allowed to complain about the laundry and you are allowed, you know what I mean? And like, it's all of, and again, not malintent that people that said, but you have two beautiful blessings, right? Like those are nice things to say, but also, 
Like that's and to and to understand that for someone like that, it's almost it's it's those all those losses haven't gone anywhere. They're still with her. Right. You know, so 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 to be in the to be trying to walk through daily life with the weight of those losses, you know, no matter at what point in the evolution you you come to terms with them, make peace with them, those losses are still there. And and in many ways to understand that seeing the healthy kids also a reminder of the Absolutely. losses you know that's Absolutely. so 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 that's that's the bypass and i think the i think the god's plan quote unquote god's plan is the ultimate spiritual bypass well um, and this is what goes back to that you know um new testament scripture says god works all things towards good right so if i go back to that quote with stockdale right like to believe that God works all things towards good doesn't mean this moment isn't shitty, right? Or that this thing that's happening isn't good. Like that, those two aren't exclusive. It's that right. it's it's the arc of justice, right? It, it's yeah. it's the ultimate thing. It's it's that's the the hope that we never lose in our faith while standing here right now in the middle of this election cycle feeling hopeless, right? It's both. Like, yeah. as I say all the time to my children, we are complex human beings that get to have multiple feelings at the same time. Like, <laughs> yep. I, I have hope and I feel hopeless. Both of those things are happening, yeah. you know? And, and they're both valid. And, and they're both negate, valid. Negate the other. Yep, yeah. but I don't, but it's also not helpful to say to somebody, well, you just have to have faith. You just have to believe. Like, no, this is bad, guys. This is bad. Like yeah. this might get worse and I'm trying to prepare while not going to, you know, doomsday prepper scenario. Right. I mean, right, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Personally, uh, personally, I don't believe God has a plan. I think, I think God flipped the switch and got everything going and it's like, all right, let's see where this goes. I don't think there's such a thing as God's plan. Um, that, I mean, that's like, when you think about it, that's like some serious, like red string on the board chaos. Um, and that's I, really not, I mean, it's really not what scripture says, right? No, like it's, it's, not. it's, it's not, <laughs> not, you know, it's not the divine Ouija board. Like that's not how this works. No, you know, <laughs> no, it's not, but many people think it is. And I think, no, it is. and I think they do it for this very reason, the spiritual right. bypassing, because they cannot handle the 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 disc the dissonance the cognitive dissonance of you know god is this loving entity why is my child dead right <laughs> those two things don't make how sense. is that love <laughs> how exactly. right so god's yeah. plan and i don't have to think so hard about it so so the last part of this and i i love this um is rumi's words these pains you feel are messengers listen yes. to them like, yes. um, I feel like it's book day, but here's another book that I love. And I know I've talked about it a lot, but, um, lost Show connections. Title. Book day. Book day. <laughs> where's my pizza? I read a hundred books. Where's my free pizza? <laughs> um, where's my book it, my book it club. Um, lost connections by Johan Hari is like, if you haven't read it, go buy it right now. So good. Amazing. Love it. 
And he opens it in this introduction by telling the story about being in Vietnam, doing a, a story there. And he goes and he buys an apple and he eats this apple, right? And then he like goes off to this small village in Vietnam to do this interview and he gets like terribly sick because what you don't, you know, what people from America or he's from England don't know is that in order to preserve an apple long enough to make it and sell it in Vietnam, it has so many chemicals on it to preserve it. And this older woman in this like small village was like, well, did you wash the apple? And he was like, yeah, I ran it under some water. She's like, no. <laughs> and she's like, we have to get you to the hospital. You're going to die. And all of this is like mistranslated, like nothing, you know, whatever. He's like, no, 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 I'm fine. She's like, you're going to die. Like if you don't. So they take him to this little hospital and he is, he is like almost dying and he's begging the doctor to give him something for the pain. And the doctor says to him, we need the pain to find out where, what's going on. Wow. Like we need the pain. Right. And this is why we get fevers. Like our bodies are built to tell us what is wrong. And I don't, I love this quote because if that's true physically, why would it not be true emotionally? Yeah, wow. As Shakira saying, our hips don't lie. <laughs> and I've ground everything to a halt, wow. The gospel according to Shakira. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I don't sorry. understand what that has to do with I, the other. I got, but, yeah. I got nothing to that one. Our body, you said our but body book, talks the, to us. Our body tells us things. So, yes, no, yeah, the book is about depression lying. and anxiety and how depression is actually like when we have depression or we have anxiety, it's trying to tell us we need that. We need to not numb it all the yeah. time oh, because we need it to tell us what's wrong, you know? And, so have and, you, and that, so, I mean, I think all three of us have done the feelings work, but like, when you feel these pains you feel are messengers listen to them like what does that do like we said would that just create a world full of people going around dumping all their feelings on each other like what would that do no it it, it creates a world where people check in with themselves first before they open their mouths <laughs> Uh, you know, this back to the spiritual partnership book, he's really clear about checking in with your body. When, when you hear something or you in a space where you are triggered, even if mentally and emotionally you don't understand what's happening, you feel it in your body. You, you yeah. feel your chest tightening or your breath tightening up. You feel it in your gut. You feel, you know, when there's something in you that's been triggered. And when you feel these things, it's telling you to stop like like figure out what's going on yeah. in you before you react but we just tend to react to try and stop the pain the pain is the pain's trying to help us out the pain the pain is the guy waving the the, the flag on top of the hill sending the signal saying this this is what you got to pay attention to um but we are we we are pain averse people you know oh and, absolutely and, and when it comes to our, our physical body as, as well, just from a health perspective, mm -hmm. you know, how many times do we ignore the pain when it's, oh. it's got to get serious before we go, you know, see a doctor or, or, or something, but it's, it's indicating that something is out of alignment, out of harmony. 
And that's the, that's the spiritual work. I mean, just like we were talking about yoga before, right? Yoga, I mean, so much of yoga is about mind and body, right? It's about listening to that body, but it's also, you know, and Ogan, what you were saying, if we could really, you know, listen to, to Rumi's words and use them as, as an impetus for spiritual work, for whatever that is, whether it's prayer or whether it's meditation, to get to a place where we can be more self-aware and more understanding of those triggers and those emotions, I think that's, that's the goal, right? So we can be better, better friends, better spouses, better parents. Um, so in those moments when we're triggered, we're not going to lose it. So what is that? I mean, this isn't like, I've been wondering lately, you know, the news broke, was it yesterday or the day before that we've hit, globally, we've hit 1 million COVID deaths, yeah. right? And like, what, what is And we this? got a fifth of them, but we're doing great. I mean, listen, but like, what does that do to our collective grief, right? Like, right. Like if I, I mean, I know some names personally of those million, but I don't know nearly, you know, not even close to all the million, but like, what does that do to our, I mean, I think about, I think but about I, war, we get point, statistics. Right. To your point, that means nothing to those of us who have not had a personal loss or it means very little. I can't. I can't fathom what that means. I don't understand what it means to have a million people die in the last year. I mean, like, I don't, I don't have a family member. Like, I, I don't have a family member. I don't even, I'll be honest, like, we don't even, thank goodness, don't ha even have a congregation member, but we have people with people, right? Right. We have people with people. And anyone who's, who, who knows someone that's been close to them who has died from this, it means everything. It right? does. That number means everything. But I think, now, Eli, I don't know, I don't, and, and it doesn't matter, right? I mean, it does matter, but you understand. Like, I, but, I, but I guess part of this for me is I think we actually need to start acknowledging th th that to me, what you just said was an emotional bypass. Like, mm -hmm. I actually think we need to acknowledge that even if I don't know a name personally, there is a grief happening Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that we must acknowledge, right? And, and this is part of why it's been so hard for, I would say, a lot of people to respond appropriately to it. I mean, we've seen the video clips of people like driving up to emergency rooms and saying there's no COVID patients in there, so it doesn't exist, even though there's all the, all the statistics. We see people at rallies who are not wearing masks. I don't know anybody who died of COVID. They so don't feel that pain physically. They don't feel, right, the, the, the pain. And, it, and, it kind, and that's where it's really hard to, uh, I don't know, if, uh, I forget if that's truly empathy or sympathy, but, but because it hasn't affected us personally, mm. how do we really feel the, 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 the grief, the realization that we have, we have lost so much and people have lost so much and, and, and where I get triggered is, is to be angry at those who, because right. they haven't had a personal loss, says, this yeah. doesn't matter. I'm not going to wear my mask. I'm not going to. I was on a call distance. this morning with yeah, a woman who crazy. went, she's like, well, I'm just feeling lethargic. And, you know, I, there's no excuse for this. There's no excuse for this feeling. I have my job. I don't know anybody affected. Like, I've, you know, yeah, I had to work from home and, 
yeah, we can't meet in person, but like, there's no reason I have this feeling. And I'm like, time out. Yeah. Like, whoa there. Like, I, and I think it's just really important that we continue to keep in front of us, hey, this feeling that you're feeling, it is absolutely valid. Yes. It is absolutely valid. And listen and to it. Listen to it, right? It yeah. is there for a reason because we are, we are, as a world, we are collectively grieving and not just like what was, right? I'm not just talking about like, oh, being able to go yeah, into a store know. without a mask or hang out with my friends or- And that feeling and, was, and that feeling was valid before we had a pandemic. Right, like, like <laughs> which by the way, like let's really stop bypassing the whole like, um, I just can't go see my friends. I haven't been to a restaurant in six months. Yes, I understand that that sounds trivial to someone who's lost somebody. And I'm not going to go do those things. But like right now, that is a grief for me. And that's, that's a valid grief, right? Yeah. Like I'm not able to live my life the way I want to. That's the danger of comparing losses and comparing trauma. Exactly. Like, like this is not a competition, that. you know. No, it's not. This is not a competition. So here we go. We have, um, I, I'm curious, um, Eli, what you think about Axe? Acts 2027. <laughs> what do you think about Acts in general? <laughs> For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Mm. If someone told you they could proclaim to you the whole will of God, how would you respond? Uh, I've gotten a few of those. Uh, have you? Those in emails over the years. Oh, right. Yeah. Rabbi, I've come to let you know that the Lord has spoken to me personally, and I, I need love to those. hear the truth of the Lord God. Um, yeah, I'd probably say um, anyone who claims to know that, uh, I'm not really interested in what you have to say because I don't <laughs> think you know that. Um, I, I mean, for me personally, in my theology, um, God is so much bigger than anything human beings can ever comprehend. Right. Um, that's sort of the beginning of God for me is that great mystery. Um, and there's, uh, there's a real beauty to that mystery, to that searching and to that not knowing the true will of God. I think there's glimpses of God that we see in this world in different ways. But um, anyone who tries to tell me they know the full will of God, I'm going to call BS. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Some days I think, um, what did, what have you taken and can I have some, right? Because <laughs> that sounds pretty nice right now, actually. Um, and then other days, I'm, I mean, really, like, and I get those letters. But I also, I mean, I've had a person or two over the years that are like, no, like, they have it. Like, this is what God wants and this is what we got, you know, blah, blah. and I'm like, you scare the crap out of me. <laughs> You know, like what I'll say though is the the journey and the the quest to figure out God's will and what God wants of us. I mean, that's our lives. That's what right. we do. You know, we just came out of Yom Kippur, which is the holiest time of the year for Jews. It's a time of deep, serious introspection. And a big part of the holiday is not just, you know, we think of it as like this, I'm sorry holiday to like repent, mm -hmm. but it's bigger than that. It's more about evaluating our whole lives. And there's a lot of imagery of death in Yom Kippur where we confront our deaths in order that we might better live, in order that we might evaluate our lives and really think, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, 
what do I want my legacy to be in this world? And so I think that process of trying to figure out God's will, whatever that means, or our, our mission in this world, our role is, is a very important thing and is a wonderful spiritual quest to be on. Um, but anyone I think who really has it figured out, I don't know, I, I, I question them because I don't think any of us do and I don't think any of us ever will. Okay, so this is a huge generalization um, that I'm gonna make and then you can not answer it. That, so I, I was, um, when I was in seminary, the Hebrew class, like the class that took Hebrew, um, would go to our, one of our, the local synagogues in Louisville that we had a relationship with. You can look it up. I don't know the name, but anyway. <laughs> um, and we would teach Hebrew to the like little, little kids while everybody was in Yom Kippur services. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great because like everybody wanted to be in service and not with the kids. And so we would go as Hebrew students and we would sing songs and we would teach little Hebrew lessons and whatever. And, and that was my first big introduction to the holiday. I mean, I knew what it was before, but you know, like big introduction. And so I'm actually curious if, I, and I'm sure this is true across the board, but like, I feel like if Christians had a holiday that did that deep introspection, spiritual work, I feel like we should have it, but we really don't like, do you find that there's less spiritual bypassing than other religions because of Yom Kippur? Or do you, or are there just some people do the work, some people don't do the work, you know? I would I would love to say the the former and say that you know because of this beautiful spiritual tradition every Jew I've ever met you know deals with their emotions and digs deep and uh, but I think just like everyone else I think people people take that easy route and they 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 bypass just as much but but I think you're right Shannon having at least that touchstone once a year is really important and does help help think for the rest of the year and and helps hopefully push us into that inner inner life, inner journey a little bit more. Um, Cause we, but, we have like, we have Ash Wednesday, right? Where we're supposed to contemplate mm. our mortality, but it is not the same, right? It is not, we do not do that same work that the, that you all do on Yom Kippur. Um, so the, the idea is there for us, but it is not the depth in my opinion. I mean, you, you just, so I've been in ministry almost 20 years and I will say that like, it takes a very special person to really do that work on Ash Wednesday. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, all, all the faith traditions have that teaching in some way, form or the other, and, and they all have some traditions around it. But to your point, it's, it's not any good if we individually don't decide to do the work around it. I have a I have a catchphrase for unity that when I say people either laugh or get really pissed off when they when they ask me to explain unity, uh, right. the tradition I belong to. I said unity is Christians who really want to be Buddhist, but they're not ready to give up God or work that hard. Right. And 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 some people get upset about that. I said, but but think about it. Like we. So for, for, for many of us, and, and I know I'm pinned with a broad brush, but for many of us, um, it, it, it almost more comes down to showing up 
to church on Sunday and feeling good about yeah. what I just heard and what I just sang, as opposed to like, wait, these teachings are about my inner transformation, my inner overhaul. <laughs> like these, the, the, the spiritual practice isn't the singing on Sunday or the meditating at your ashram or so on. The, the spiritual practice is in the moment when, when the kids are overwhelming you and the laundry is 20 feet high and you are about to lose it. Exactly. Know, and, and stuff like that. Like, how do you respond in that moment? Yeah. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, how do you, how do you not bypass and avoid, but, but have the difficult conversation after you realize you've been triggered and you look <laughs> in within to see what, what is it that you were so afraid of in the first place? What is that fear, afraid piece within you that needs to be transformed into a more loving place like that's that's moment to moment work and and you're right it's it's hard work it can be exhausting work yeah. and for a lot of us we just rather either rather not do it or or take the take the easy path you know what's what's that scripture verse about the road the road the road to what's it salvation is narrow but the gate to something is wide you know what i'm talking about shannon help me out here sure yeah <laughs> sounds good <laughs> I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna Google Derek, it. Derek would know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's not my finest Bible quote moment. <laughs> There's a narrow gate. Something with a narrow gate and a wide gate. Yeah, of course I'm there gonna, is. I'd offer to help, but I, I, I don't think I have much. Thanks. Um, yeah. No. I, and I, you know, it's funny because oh, I, I got it. Here we go. I got it. Matthew seven thirteen. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, right? So it's, 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 it's that idea of what's easiest isn't what's going to save us. It's, it's the difficult work, internal work. That is, that is ultimately where our transformation lies, not anything you know, outside of ourselves. And when we talk about, you know, back to that God's will and God's plan, and, and we lean and we say that's what's happening, so we kind of can't do anything about it that's that's the broad gate right there that's not takes the work out it makes it makes it easy and exactly, exactly. it doesn't require anything of you it, right. exactly you know it took me a very it took a lot of years of therapy and a very long time to learn the goal was not get to get rid of triggers altogether right right which is what i thought the goal was the goal was to recognize them in the moment as they were happening and contain the feelings so and process them in the moment so that you're not lingering right in all of those things yeah. i think and you it, would um you'd love my my yom kippur sermon i'll make a plug for something i did now ogan go for <laughs> it watch online yeah. i just gave it yesterday although it was pre-recorded weeks ago um i talked about different character traits that we need to help get us through the pandemic and one of the ones i talked about was um the hebrew word for patience savlanut which comes from the Hebrew, it's really interesting because the Hebrew comes from the word sovel, which means a burden or to lisbol, yeah. to bear. And the way, the way our, at least the Jewish tradition understands patience is your ability to bear a burden. Ogan, you were talking about before how like it's, it's, it's what other people, it's not, it's not what other people are doing, it's how you react to it, right? Right. That and patience is like the perfect example of that because something that wouldn't 
you know, bother someone else might trigger you because you're in a hurry, because you're anxious to do something, because you're whatever, right? And right. in that moment, it's Shannon, like you said, it's recognizing, okay, I have a trigger here and I need to bear this. I need right. to lose ball this, you know, and I need to have that savlanut, that, that patience to be able to bear what's going on right now. Right. And, and yeah, and I, I think all of this, um, and, I don't want to pretend, I mean, I think my final word really is like, all of this is exhausting and it is hard work, which is why it's so appealing to bypass it all. Right. But like, but it's necessary work for the, the fullness of life, right. The abundance that comes with life. And but the and, good news, sorry, go ahead. No, just the sweetness, right? Like whichever Bible verse you want to use there. Um, but, you know, I came to John 10, 10, right? I came to give life and to give it abundantly. Like doing that inner work is that abundance so that you're not sleepwalking through life, you know? And like anything else we practice, it becomes easier over time. Yes, right? it, does. it becomes our default way of being. And it's no longer a, it's no longer a struggle. Not only does it, stop being a struggle, but then you invite it, you know, you, something happens and you get triggered and you're like almost happy. Oh, look, I got triggered. You know what this means? More healing on the way. Thanks you know, for the trigger. <laughs> I used to think that getting old and wisdom was about like taking on, like getting more wisdom. And it's really <laughs> just about letting go. Like that doesn't bother it me is. anymore. That doesn't affect me anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Like, so last, last plug for the spiritual partnership book and my talk <laughs> series is that he says we can't like true joy. We can't create it. It's just there. It's, yeah. it's, you know, kind of like, like divine love is just there. Our work is to remove the obstacles to it. Right. And, and, and that goes on perfectly with what you're saying is that's, that's what lifelong wisdom and experience teaches us that it's, it is about the letting go in the, of the things that we put on top of our essential nature which is joy which which is love which right. is peace but but fear put a lot of stuff on on top of it and we just got to dismantle that absolutely which eli is what's the last word is the guess take us that home was, that was pretty good but uh i'll end us with um for uh the Jewish community, we are on Friday night going to be celebrating Sukkot. We're starting our, our, this is like our, you know, our season, our month long of all the holidays. And from Yom Kippur, this time of incredible introspection and, and sort of this deep dive into our souls, we actually emerge into a holiday that's a big old party picnic holiday um, where we, we dwell in our booths, our huts. And actually it's the only time in, in at least the Old Testament in the Bible, uh, the Hebrew Bible that um, we're actually, we have a commandment to be happy. Mm. We're commanded to have an emotion, which is very strange, right? Right. Command <laughs> an emotion. And we're, the, this season is called Zman Simchatenu, the time of our rejoicing. We're commanded to be happy, which is a really weird hard thing right and i don't think any of us can can just oh yeah just be happy no problem at all right <laughs> but our tradition gives us tools and gives us um specific actions to do to try yeah. to do that and i think it, it comes down to practice and it's a spiritual practice and i think that's what it's pushing us to do and it's saying maybe try these spiritual practices it's not you're not just going to suddenly be happy but you know, do that work and maybe you will get to that place, God willing, of, of joy, of true joy.
Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think you can really only get there when all of these barriers come down, right? Yeah. The rest of it is just, work. it's, it's faux joy. <laughs> faux joy. <laughs> better, better episode title. Faux, faux joy. <laughs> then the book episode, faux joy. The, the book it club. <laughs> there you go. Um, a big thank you to our special guest, Eli Friedman. We'd like to thank the originator of Pup Theology, who came up with these crazy questions, Brian Burkoff, and our producer, Derek Weston. Connect and spread the word on social media. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Watch us live on Facebook, if you are right now, Tuesdays 5 adjacent, 5-esque. Um, sign up. Eastern time. Yes, thank you, Eastern time. Sign up at patreon.com slash ptlive for more content. To find or create a virtual, still, pub theology in your town, um, you can find information at pubtheology.com slash directory. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. <laughs> <laughs>